The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it and I can't. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? It is Thursday's football show. Nathan with you this evening, the night after another defeat for the Republic of Ireland in the Nations League. We've played 12 games. We have not won any of them. We have scored two goals in those 12 games. But it could be worse. We could be Northern Ireland, who have also never won a game in the Nations League and are currently 3-1 down away to Kosovo in League C, Group 2. I made the point earlier, Dan MacDonald, that maybe we should just have our own Nations League group with Northern Ireland, where we just go along playing nil-nil draws for here to eternity. Our nation once again, you could call it. <laughs> Eventually, we become the nation once again. And I mean, it would be a... We can, we would can be come a, out on top. It wouldn't, wouldn't be well received in parts. Uh, you've had 24 hours to reflect on yeah. the performance, and it did feel like a, a big night and a bad night for Stephen Kenny. Uh, not quite up there with Luxembourg, but a different sort of reaction, a real despondency around the Aviva Stadium that despite the belief that is there in this young group of players and the want from the Irish supporters for them to do well and a belief that there is a change in style and the connection between the fans and the players and football around the country, but a realisation last night that Stephen Kenny needs to start winning games. Yeah, like last night was grim. I mean, I, I, I'm i sure, like, you, you try and move on from these things. I mean, I'm sure other games felt like that at the time. Like I was thinking about it there coming in. In some ways, it sort of reminded me of some of the closed doors games where I think maybe you, you'd fell back on the fact, well, this is closed doors, where the minutes are ticking by and things aren't happening. It's like, well... Where's this urgency coming from? It's almost like God. You just you wish you had the crowd here to respond to a tackle or to a, you know, a chance or a, or some moment in the game, um. But but none of those moments were being delivered, you know, um. And it was it was particularly disparaging, I have to say. I mean, Armenia, in itself, um, the second half felt that way. Like generally, you look at the clock and you think, oh God, the clock's fizzing by, you know, running out of time here. Um, but it, it was almost at times, it was like, the clock is going at the, at the speed I expected it to move, but there's nothing happening in this game to make me think anything's going to happen in these next 20, 20, you know, 25 minutes. It wasn't like, it wasn't like there was a siege at any point of the two games. I mean, this is the point. Like sometimes you think, oh, typical Ireland, they've waken up late. But maybe last, was a, night. Small last sense, night. There was a sense of that in the last 10 minutes. But I have to admit now, no, never in that feeling of inevitability you know I mean maybe it's just because you've the head down and you're you're working a bit but I, I, I you know in, in injury time still the best chance was probably the a Ukrainian one mm. you know um, I know Jason and I had the shot maybe just before it and um like I know, like the whole Kenny thing has been about extremes, you know. Like it always has been about the extremes, and sometimes there's just a the middle ground, and sometimes, sometimes you just lose the game, and that's just the way it goes because you're not a particularly good side. But I, I have to admit now, like to 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 feel this is a little bit more worrying because you know, the, the team have had a good sort of whack of time together. Like generally with Irish teams, um, you'll find across a window. 
they'll get somewhere in the end like even you think of last year you know the Hungry game finished a window yeah you had your struggles against mm. Andorra but it finished in a bit of a high and you're thinking right a couple of weeks together they've got somewhere I mean even the Luxembourg one they had that game against Qatar like all the bad games there's generally been a, a bit of a response to it in the next one Um and that didn't happen at all here and I think that's the that's the concerning thing Well the middle ground is probably what shifted last night that the vast majority who aren't on the extremes in terms of Stephen Kenny and where he's leading this team it did feel that last night the middle ground shifted and became a lot more concerned about where Ireland are going and as you say what are we 23 games into Stephen Kenny's yeah, reign Yeah it's, it's something that's, like that maybe more Yeah like, that in a way last night felt a bit like it could have been a Martin O'Neill team in that a lot of games over the last year you could see a change in style you could see a real intention from Ireland of what they were trying to do went long sometimes last night went short lost the ball in every area of the pitch at different times That there didn't seem to be any great pattern to the play at all No, and it is about results at some stage it has to become about results and I think most people look at the first year and 10, 10 games and I wouldn't say give them a free pass but feel like understand the issues that were there around COVID and that the last eight or nine games built towards this Nations League campaign and Stephen Kenny himself said he wanted to win the group thought it was a realistic option so then to come into these two games and for just to be so flat and to sort of fall apart a little bit I think it's going to be hard to to win back unless listen maybe it's very straightforward you just you win on Saturday and everyone Yeah, like on. they can always yeah, there's always like the, the next game coming quickly like can always shift the debate in some way, right? So and and the good thing is that that chance is there. I mean, if this was just a two-game window and that was the second game and that's it. So, it is still in their hands. Like he's still the manager, you know, the players are still there. They've got two games in the space for a couple of days. Mm. That can that can that can change the mood. It's it's just amazing that that they're in this situation really from the point where like I know that there was that target about winning the Nations League and, and he'd set that high bar for himself and maybe if he'd fallen I, I think most people reasonably could understand that if Ireland came second in their Nations League group or even like a third but it was a point between the top three yes some people would be like well you said you were going to win the group mm. and you didn't but I think there would have been a, a sort of a, a reasonable enough response to that situation um, it felt like you know, the only thing that could happen to put him in, in jeopardy this year was was all the things that have happened so far. And like, this is the thing: the window was set up quite nicely, really. I mean, you think about it. Like, um, you know, Armenia first up meant they could travel out early, get an extra day's prep because with the old schedule, it was meant to be Saturday, Ukraine, and Tuesday, mm-hmm. Armenia, which would have been a tough one, you know, in terms of a turnaround and travel and stuff like that. Big week building up into Armenia, nice uninterrupted build up don't deliver then you're playing Ukraine and it turns out it's not Ukraine as you know them it's the second string Ukraine at home 40,000 people there you know you've an extra day's prep than them albeit okay they've been together for a while they know each other they've won the 20 World Cup there's reasons why they would be cohesive in some ways that maybe an Irish team wouldn't mm. be but still it's still a team with like seven competitive debutants like two, two great fixtures on paper you know and you come out with zero and now here's the thing I mean the, like I think at any other time, it'd be perfectly understandable why Ireland would probably lose to Ukraine next Tuesday in Poland, like a strong Ukraine team. That's probably the toughest game in the group. Mm. Scotland at home on Saturday, okay. You can throw out all your sort of derby cliches around that. But there's definitely probably the, the hardest two games at the window. And you come into them with zero from six. 
it's like you've had life very difficult for yourself there and completely unnecessarily and it is the gig and listen while people like to talk about long term plans and the development of Irish football international windows are always short windows and they're incredibly intense and could become incredibly intense in the space of one match and that again is what's happened here where if we sat down last Thursday Friday and we looked ahead to this like best case scenario worst case scenario it's hard to find the worst case scenario that Stephen Kenny ends this run of fixtures under threat of his role yet we're halfway through this and as you say Scotland at home going to be a massive crowd at that game you know Scotland won last night they bounced back from uh, their disappointment on paper they have a better group of players again than Ireland and then you're going to play Ukraine away in terms of the likelihood or the possibility that Stephen Kenny would be under real threat if those two games end in Irish defeats is the two year contract is that something you think within the FAI that is now sacrosanct and they don't need the hassle of going and looking for another manager that they are committed to giving Stephen Kenny a full qualification campaign with full houses and all of that yeah like I'm sure it'll be speculated um, I'm starting to be and I, and I would say there's probably a couple of people on the board who at times have probably um, probably briefed in certain ways but then you, you wonder to what extent have they vocalised those opinions at, the, at board meetings but certainly I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see sort of some strong enough speculation and to be fair I think like you know the FBI board have to continually review and discuss these things like if you lose four games in a month then of course you're going to have a discussion about what's happening. That that would be wrong not to not to have a discussion and say, well, what's happening now? The thing is, like a lot of the reasons that the FEI stayed with Stephen Kenny beyond um, beyond the sort of decision that they felt he was the right man, and you know the majority felt he was the right man mm. to bring them forward and so on. You know, it was about stability. You know, about having certainty, clarity over direction. And it's a weird one because it felt like this was the start of the second chapter. So if you're seen then to like after one window, completely uh, abandon that, then there's still like the FEI will will come under scrutiny. They're they're very much wedded to the if they made a change. You know what I mean? It's 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 this is just I can't think they envisaged this scenario coming to them now. Like mm. maybe they might have envisaged it even at the end of this year, looking at a collective number of games and having a bit of a chat or whatever but to to be there so soon um and that's just that's that's the very frustrating thing about it and i think i think to, listen I'm, I'm sure you get the text and you get the comments and like you can't you can't rewrite your own history like i thought it was completely the right decision to to extend the contract to yep. have that certainty um and i think to me like i felt uh, and I still feel like that, you know, the, in the first couple of years, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances that made life quite difficult. But but he had a clear run at it now. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think, yeah, there's a couple of players missing. Um, there's a couple of players missing. Are, but every everyone misses a couple of players. It's not like, not like before when people try and play down the fact that there was like 13, 14, 15 players mm. missing for certain camps like that one in November 2020. And you're missing four that, players that was at a, two o'clock in the morning yeah, was the in, night before that was a game. In, that was like, insane. Like that, that was like that, you know, and to me, and empty stadiums and all of that. But now you have a reasonable run at it. Don't think they're wanting for anything in terms of sort of, you know, preparation resources. Well, and, on that and, preparation and 40, resources, people in the stadium, like you're, you're getting all the conditions to succeed, and then that's why when the results are bad, you don't really have a recourse. You know, on the preparation and the resources, the absence of Anthony Barry and the decline in Ireland's form. Do you see any link between the two of them? I, I think it's a very easy thing to say, 
but I, I I just wouldn't want to speculate on that because I I haven't heard any like it's the type of thing that you would need to like make inquiries and hear this come back yeah. from players and people. I think it's 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 it, it's an it's an obvious point to to make. But like you hear Johnny Eustace is very well regarded and mm. and operates at a club that that has played that particular system. So I think like in the rush for explanations, that's a great one to hook in on. It's like oh, it must be because Barry's gone. Like that, that's it. It's like in the same way. It's like well, the 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 improvement was brought about by his presence. Like yeah, that sounds right. That's that's something I can believe because sometimes when performances defy belief, in some ways you need something. You need something to seize on to, and that type of stuff you only hear with the passing of time like uh, it may well be like they're in camp at the moment in a very intense camp maybe when they come out in that 10 days you start to hear chat in the next couple mm. of weeks about aspects of training or bits about but I haven't heard that so I wouldn't want to just give that weight without having sort of yeah, Looked it was always it. a yeah. fine line that Stephen Kenny had to thread with Anthony Barry that he, he obviously wanted to take the credit for bringing Anthony Barry in but then Anthony Barry started getting all the credit and it was, ah, yeah, this guy's yeah. the assistant manager let's not get too carried away uh, John Giles was on earlier uh, saying that uh, repeating something I think he said this time last year that it looks like the weakest Irish squad that there arguably has ever been and it's hard to discuss that without thinking back to Stephen Kenny throughout is a couple of years ahead of getting the job and when he got the job that he would never talk down Irish players that he would try and instill them with a confidence but it's hard not to look at last night's game and even if Ukraine have seven debutants and it's their second string team even to look at the two midfielders playing for Dinamo Kiev Champions League football last couple of seasons Europa League football those guys are at a different level than almost any of our players right now we're expecting an awful lot from Shudosiak Ben has done incredible but he had two or three moments last night where the ball opened up for him in space and that bit of quality was just lacking no no it is true and I think maybe I think there's a couple of factors there like I think I think people broadly acknowledge I think probably on all sides of any debate I don't. I think people acknowledge that it's not a terrific group of players. What I find interesting is that normally, in an Irish crisis, there's generally outrage over some selection issue. Like I can't believe he hasn't played him, mm. and that that doesn't exist. And then in some ways, like in the past, you've had that with like Wes or Andy Reid, or there's this sort of player. There's, there's nothing really like that. There's no sort of sort of golden child on the outside. It sort of feels like you could accuse probably the management of many things but you certainly couldn't accuse them of being that they're, they're, they've been slack on the job like I think they've, they've turned over every stone to, you know to, to do everything they know every player and yet you know you, you are looking at it and going like, I still feel they can, they can be better and see you're always very conscious of veering into excuse territory it's maybe a case that like Kenny had assembled a group last year okay they had a bit of an identity uh, that yes they maybe have their limitations but if they operate at a really high tempo and really pre- like they can they can and they overcome the 15 minutes that high tempo and this, overcome. it's every level of football you play quick pace high tempo get at the opposition like it's not put them under pressure no, Stone Age stuff but it's what all the very best teams do and Ireland look good when they do that but they can't seem it to sustain it. It helps them to overcome those limitations but maybe they need to be and I've seen this point made if you want to operate a high sort of pressing style you probably need like a, a really sort of super fit team to execute it and they don't look like that in the forward areas at the moment. But Callum Robinson at all. last night but I met this miles point off in it. Yerevan last week and it's one of those things that you see in the ground like 
and like Callum Robinson like after one of the water breaks uh, in the second half was like sat down with a towel like like a boxer with a towel around right. his shoulders like one of the last people up and one of the first one over and you're sort of looking at this going I mean he is the creative hub of the team probably the first name of the team she and he is he is like he is struggling here and we've seen in the past Colin Robinson was it when he after Serbia in the Luxembourg game Serbia and, uh, he was gone in the and second game and that's why I was surprised by the team selection last night because I think even when Stephen Kenny was in here about a year ago he referenced what they learned from having two three fixtures together and players who aren't playing a lot of football and how they really struggle with the second game in the space of four days that he only made one enforced change last night and brought in Jason Knight for Troy Parrott which worked because Knight had a huge amount of energy throughout yeah. the game that I expected for the penalty decision that didn't go in Ireland's favour that when that ball was played through firstly it didn't look like Robinson was expecting the ball yeah. from Albany when it came but also that he'd have the little burst of acceleration that would take him two or three yards clear but if anything the, the centre back was faster and again is that that he's just playing 20-25 minutes is a week yeah, for West yeah. Brom maybe he's not incredibly maybe, maybe, he's, he's, not that maybe he's not incredibly quick either and if he's playing off the show like this is the thing like in that position sometimes he drops deep and other players run off him but there was one in the Yerevan last week like Jeff Henrik was hard done boy in the first half hmm. of the Yerevan last week he played two or three passes that like you know top class strikers would have probably converted and then like there's a lot of praise in him and don't, I think Henrik has been very poor since the half time mark last week and has played all 180 minutes but like you treaded a couple of very good three balls and a half and there was one people may remember last week where the keeper came out and, and a, a quicker player would have would have taken that and got a shot away and Ireland weren't even capable of doing that so and it's not, it feels harsh to hone in on the four players because at times they are a little bit isolated by mm. the system too um, or maybe when the when the, you end up in quite defensive in that system and you're you're relying on the front three to like produce something out of nothing and you're not dealing with sort of sort of Salah and Mane and sort of uh, Lewis Diaz here like where you can sort of break out of nothing and and maybe when you say their limitations it's just that they can't they're not players who can individually win a game on their own they need to be part of a very effective functioning system and then they have their strengths that come to the come to the fore but I do think Kenny spoke a lot about the gap from Saturday to Wednesday being one day more and this is possibly an advantage and he has always been someone who has craved a settled team and maybe he's been too bound to the settled team now the shape and the team the combination I think because again it does feel as though teams have looked at Ireland playing at three at the back and both Armenia and Ukraine mirrored what Ireland were doing by playing three at the back and were obviously able to take advantage of that so it's such a hard thing to do now as you say it's the worst possible scenario where something needs to change but you're doing it from the back foot yeah and you're also doing it maybe even against your own instincts too mm. if you're the manager and that's obviously part of the problem that it's not your natural instinct to do this but maybe that's what you have to do and to be fair it's not as if there was a massive clamour as I said you have to be conscious of what you've said before I'm sure last week I would have been talking about how one of the great advantages was you know, in recent weeks was, well, finally he's got his settled squad now. I'm pretty sure I probably said it. Oh. He's got a settled team now, a settled squad. Yes, there's a couple of decisions you have to make and maybe he's deepening the squad with, you know, Obafemi and, and okay, Will Keane didn't do well, but still there's extra options coming in. But now you're sort of looking at it going, God, maybe he should have just sprung the wild card in. Completely. Well, David Connolly was on he a Monday that, morning yeah. saying mm. uh, that 
and, and he was coming at it from a slightly different perspective of maybe you don't take the Nations League seriously yeah. and you should still be experimenting but that you should go with Will Keane and Michael Obafemi away from home go direct when you need to save some energy and I didn't hear anybody saying that no. ahead of the game but obviously now in hindsight you do look and think God it's been a little bit predictable because the only from three months ago we would have said the team that started in Yerevan would pretty much be the team yeah. with the exception of the injuries to Bazunu to Doherty and the decision to go with Troy Parrott instead of Jason Knight which yeah. based on last night maybe was the wrong decision yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, it would have been like the, the big decision is generally will it be McLean or Stevens? Mm. Will it be Parrot or Knight? And that's it. Ida is one that you can see, like, like Adam Ida's best games for Ireland have been games like last night's game, if you think mm. about it. Like, the two games against Portugal, I thought he was very good. And again, you, you miss, you appreciate someone when they're not there. But, like, I'm not going into excuse territory by saying that, but you sort of appreciate, like, what has worked. Like, you, like we're looking at saying, well, what has changed between previous games where Ireland have done okay against strong teams? And, and you can see the factors. You realise, yeah, Doherty's very important. You realise Ida's very important. But then if you've... I know they tried to rotate it last night. Ogbené sometimes was the number nine as yeah. such. He was the more central, but he's not that's not his natural game as much he's more like he breaks but he's not certainly necessarily holding people off and you know like Ida has done in, in those certain games so and again this is the point it's excuses when you talk about those people not being there it's more a case of well you have to react to those situations and they haven't reacted well enough picking Cyrus Chrissy for um, Doherty was you know it was a, it was a it's not a like for like, but it's it, it fits into the system and everything fit into the mm. system, but it didn't have anything unpredictable. I think that would have surprised the opposition. They they learned pretty back quickly. Three, like your wing backs, like if people go back to Anthony Murray and Chelsea, like the two, the biggest beneficiaries of Chelsea of playing the back three have been the full backs, where Marcus Alonso, yeah, and Reese James look like the two best full backs in the world because of what they're allowed to do. But Ireland haven't been able to use their full backs like that. Yeah, you can get your text in 53106 it's uh, Nathan Murphy and Dan McDonald we are reflecting on the Republic of Ireland uh, Jack Byrne and Jamie Finn are going to join us in a while to talk a bit about that and a little bit about some other stuff as well uh, looking at Scotland then and Stephen Kenny said he's going to have to make changes because uh, players can't play three games in the space of a week certainly the intensity and the pressure that they're under uh, is there anything now going down the David Connolly route and saying oh you know what you know, you know, people say we lost Scotland, but you know, we started a back three of uh, Nathan Collins and Darrow Shea, and uh, maybe we throw Ryan Manning in there at wing back, and we're going to start Jason Malumbi and Jason Knight in the middle of midfield. Michael Obafemi is going to come in up front. Maybe we throw CJ Hamilton a start. That we're experimenting here. Yeah, I well, I mean, if you're doing experimenting to say you're experimenting, that's not good because that's more of a PR ploy. But I think, I think there's definitely. Uh, they're going to have to explore those changes definitely have to change one of the two midfielders just purely because they've played the 180 minutes like in a weird way Josh Cullen being available for Yerevan was celebrated but like there was possibly a, a, an upside of that in that if Cullen had arrived fresh having not travelled you know coming into Wednesday's game with no baggage you think about it now mm. in reflection like being enforced to leave one of your key players out for 90 minutes but then they arrive and give you a little bit of injection is maybe no bad thing because you see the injection that Knight gave Ireland last night you know and, and again in hindsight everyone's a genius but maybe they could have 
they could have tried things a bit more differently for, for Armenia and taken a few more risks because they were limited they were still limited no matter what happened um, but I don't know like, I think there has to be a temptation to throw Obafemi in certainly for sure he was a lot better last night um, than he was on Saturday he was yeah and like he's getting used to the setup and Again, yeah, you like you, even someone like Ogbeni, you can you can see why he's such a great option to come off the bench as he sometimes mm. has because he is explosive and quick and and maybe sometimes you know maybe we but then isn't it worrying that we have a lot of players that you could consider great super subs you know like Knights come off the bench and made a great impression Parrots come off the bench made a great impression you know people at various times have come on and had good 15-20 minutes off the bench and is that just because the game is more stretched at that stage and people are tired but I think you have to look at it like if you like if you're going to play okay I can't imagine you change the back three too much you know Shea in for Egan I would have, I would have thought mm. um, but in the other positions yeah you need something from, from Wing backs that you right wing back. I mean, it's such a it's such a wild gamble that, and like my instinct would probably still be maybe no. Do you have to review your view? Maybe Doug Benny can't play there. Maybe there's someone with the game ahead of him, but he's up against it. Like he's he's up against it to to because there's no guaranteed like this will definitely work well, and the other thing, thing is, what if it does work? Does then everything that's gone on over the past nine months get thrown out because? I've made seven changes and Connor Howran has played instead of Jeff Hendricks. So now, actually, even though Hendrick, you know, I think we can agree he's had a very hard time of it, hasn't been at his absolute best, but certainly not as bad as everyone's saying that, you know, suddenly Howran is Cullen's preferred partner. That, uh, well, that's not a bad thing, though. That, 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 you spin well, that. But it, it, it's, I think the point is, though, the real radical change, of course, would be to, to try and change the system in some yeah. way. Like that, if Scotland are expecting to play against you know Ireland back in that three. style we back go to back four do you suddenly I mean, that, in the space Collins with, and with two, two days backs. prep and one day's training mm. like I, I just can't see that Not happening doable oh, I don't know You've spent when, did, when did Ukraine play with three at the back with seven players who were making well I think I can't make the point they have played I know in, they've uh, had a huge that, amount of games over and the they've last played enough. six weeks or so no, I, 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 they played together at Dinamo Kiev and all of that but well like flexibility was meant to be one of the calling cards of this team and, and players are used to changing formations yeah, it would be an interesting thing to do to, 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 to try something like that but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm expecting it but again if you just end up making very much rigid like for like replacements mm. like, do, you, do you try something different in the forward areas that you actually play very much a, like very much like a sort of a 3-4-1-2 I know Kenny referenced a bit 3-5-2 for a while last night but very much like a third central midfielder, yeah. You know, like a, like you know, a real dramatic third central midfielder that you that you even do something like. And I'm not sure if this is the game you do it. Maybe this is in Ukraine, but you actually play like a Cullen, a Harrin, and an Alan Brown in there, yeah. or a Jason Knight back Trying on top get a of bit them. Of control of the ball, and but then but then you you still need exceptional forward players. Mm-hmm. Like to counter that, you know, that, that, that doesn't work if all that ball is inside your own half again, no. and there's forty yards between you you're and still the lads to, up front. You're still looking for them to ping thirty yard passes down the side, down the sides to players who may not have the ability to take the ball in those positions. But I mean, something like dropping Robinson. I'm not saying like that, I'm sure Scotland wouldn't be expecting something like that, but it's what you replace it with, you know. And and Dan, I'm sick of your negativity. Today's a good day for Irish football. Well, there is a good news story. It's a good news story that you just don't want to talk about. It's just all negativity, which I'm sick of it, Dan. The Ireland under 21s guaranteed a place in the playoffs for the first time ever and still the possibility of topping their group and qualifying automatically if they can beat Italy next Tuesday. So 
everybody raved about the job Stephen Kenny did with the 21s Jim Crawford has come in and brought it to another level I know yeah he was there all all the way through but I mean I mean again that that will be said but it, it actually shows the benefits of taking on 21 level seriously mm. which Kenny had a big role in that and but I mean the, the the incredible achievement of Crawford is that you think of how many players they could have in the 21s that are in the senior squad at the moment like that's the morale boost you know if you're feeling pretty low about Irish football this is the weakest group ever and then you look at the flip side and say the 21s are guaranteed to be in a playoff and yet that under 21 age group are missing um, okay you're always going to have a couple up I mean Ebiselli wasn't even on the bench mm. in one of the games you could have him in there um, Parrott certainly could be in there you know think of people who weren't involved in, in the game last night and then you know, Aaron Connolly is actually still eligible for that age group. You know, so like you could have a sort of a, I think, and I think he is because he's because yeah. he, a, a small bone is as campaign, well, a small yeah. bone as well, who's like practically twenty two now. I think, yeah. but uh, this is brilliant. Like, I mean, they're going to have two big games now in September, um, and I think like it would be a fantastic thing for them to get to a tournament. And really, it's a, it's a delicate balancing act. But if there's any way you could bring uh, back three or four, well, of the, yeah. Like, well, but do you need Kelleher and Bazunu? Well, you don't want to. Well, Kelleher, well, see, well, Kelleher's two. Old, but it'd be Bazunu. I, I, I think in that situation, I'm not so sure because you, then you're just you're dropping someone in over Brian Myers played all the mm. games. I think it's more in the Ford department where you think, well, actually, if we don't think we're going to use Troy Parrott in this window, we'll put him with you. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a couple of things there. Like people are clamoring for Smallbone to be called up, but do you really call him up to get ten minutes in September and take him out of that twenty-one squad when when he's? Well, it depends oh, what sort of uh, position Stephen Kenny. Well, I know, but the, this is the this is where you need security in your position to be yeah. able to make those decisions. Like this is the thing, and this is how it's all communicated. Mm. Um, yeah, Will Smallbone is going to fill that Wes Ulihan role for uh, the rest of the summer. Well, but look, at the same problem remains. Where's Will Smallbone going to be next season? And even as you say, the gap from the start of this season where like, we're all buzzing about Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy was back. He was playing every week for Brighton. Like, he's regular Premier League footballer. He doesn't play for four months then when he comes into this camp. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think with Smallbone as well. Like, I mean, I, it's becoming a hype player now and people are saying it. Like, it's worth mentioning. It is such a difference between senior and under-21 level. Mm. He's a very good player, but at senior level with Southampton, like he doesn't look, there's a big debate around it but I don't think he's going to be a number 10 at that level he's, he operates a little bit deeper for his club so he's not the, I don't, I'm not sure at senior level if he'll prove to be the number 10 that Ireland need like maybe he will um, because by necessity but I'm just I'm conscious of that like we've seen it before how good players can look at on 21 level and yet it's very hard to, to translate it but I mean if you want to be positive about it the two best Irish players last night were Nathan Collins and Jason mm. Knight who are also Collins both is eligible for that team the you know? pace that Collins has like it does uh, look as though he may end up sort of being stuck at Burnley next season because Tarkowski and me may end up leaving and he may be the senior centre back and maybe it's no bad thing that he gets a full year playing championship football but he looks like he could easily stay in the Premier League oh yeah no, absolutely no doubt about that And they paid a lot of money from him they paid what about 15 million so you're yeah, going to be looking for record, 30, yeah. 35 back yeah and we'll see the Burnley ownership situation is so odd because mm. like, we'll see what type of financial position they're going to be and who knows they might still be tempted by offers um, but he's one definitely that um he'll spend the majority of his career at a very very good Premier League level I would think you know and he just again and it's all about attitude as well everything you hear about his attitude and character is good so he's going to improve it's not like some of these other young players we have where you hear mixed vibes about that 
there's no doubts about that with Collins so um, yeah a lot of big players it's just, it's just a shame that a lot of them are in the same position Kosovo 3 Northern Ireland 2 in injury time at least they're scoring a few goals Northern Ireland uh, but they are still without a win they're 13 games without a win I think yeah, it's, We've only got it's funny how we, how we perceive things. I think Virgin Media had a debate about Northern Ireland the other day. I can't think it was on. Uh, Ian Barraclough is a good guy and deserves more time. Yeah, I think it was Brian Kerr and who was on? Was this? Might have been Damien Delaney. Yeah, and it was very much I like... usually like to pair the two of them together. How we, it's how we see ourselves versus how you see someone else. Like, oh, he needs more time. Michael O'Neill had a bad start, remember? And it's like, this, this debate doesn't ever extend down here for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they're obviously in maybe a bit more transmission than Ireland are at the moment, Northern Ireland. No, well, they, I mean, they did, Michael O'Neill did exceptionally well and I mean, they still have Stephen Davis going and mm. certain people who are well into their 30s. Um but um, again like in 2020 when Ireland were losing in the playoff they were also very competitive in the playoffs I mean they made it to the final didn't they so they won the penalty shootout and They've, they have regressed a bit in that time yeah. All our football and off the ball is brought to you by Sky you can watch Premier League Women's Super League AFL Scottish Premiership much more live on Sky Sports reminder we'll have full commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Scotland live from 5 o'clock Dan will be with us as well from all the build up from much earlier alongside John I'm Seth and Stewie we're talking last night after the game we're still not sure we've ever commentated on a competitive Ireland win well I mean so are you thinking what I'm thinking we got a dumb Stewie well, I mean, who else could you get in to commentate? I mean, who else could it be? You know, Steve Surely, Jerry's not. Well, are you say, are you are you a bit like Jimmy? It's like, it's, like, it's like when Jimmy McGee came in for the quarterfinal in Italia '90. Yeah, that's people were convinced all that, that, that this is what happened. Very, true, very, very harsh. True. But um, yeah, I mean, like Gibraltar in 2019 I think the, the Ireland home win since the year 2016 is that game against Georgia with the tennis balls mm. Gibraltar which was 1-0 until injury time and I think Daryl Murphy scoring twice against Moldova but yeah that's, that's no it. wins in 10 competitive games it's a games lot of misery for home. people who've gone to every competitive say, say you're misery, f- misery for all of us say like why can't we just be happy Dan I know Remember that moment after Robbie Brady scored? Remember that joy? Why can't we have that all the time? I know. Could you just bottle it? You just, like, you Six just, years ago. Even that started to But even then, we had an argument about it, but it's the second string Italian team. And now it's like. Listen, Jack Byrne and Jamie Finn are standing by. We need to take a quick break. We're all on the spars, but we're not, we're not one bit happy. There's 50 of us on this boat, and we're not one bit happy. For immediate reaction from around the grounds, catch League of Ireland late night. Every Friday, 10 p.m. on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off the Ball. Tell you, we need to stop doing a football show every night and start doing a golf show every night. We're going to have to have a golf weekly podcast. We were discussing GMAC, uh, and GMAC suddenly becoming the face of Live Golf in a way he yeah. really didn't want to. It turned out actually he didn't seem to mind because he did a post round interview about an hour ago. And to say he doubled down, uh, he said he, he wanted to take the higher moral ground when it came to the PGA Tour. Again, using the words higher moral ground around Live Golf, maybe not the best. He, then he went on to say how he really liked how it was all being executed. Yeah. I mean, you just have to leave that there sometimes. You know, it's uh, it was, it was extraordinary, uh, extraordinary wordplay. It really uh, on top of that, it. Alan Shipnock, who's probably the most well-known golf journalist in the world, the man who wrote Phil Mickelson's book, was thrown out of the Mickelson press conference uh, by a couple of the security guards. And there's an incredible photo of him arguing with the security guards with Greg Norman looking fit to kill right behind him and Shipnook texts Norman to try and sort it out Norman said I didn't know anything about it and he's right there in the photo in the background <laughs> the one with Norman in the background looks, looks like one of those Cold War Steve uh, Photoshop things you ever seen mm. the it sort of feels like all I was missing was like Phil Mitchell or someone in the background like you know it's uh, you really could not make it up no, um, but it's, I'm sure it all. In, in some ways, it feels like it's the greatest thing to ever happen. Golf. 
in just in terms of not, like, nobody just, has had this much interest in golf as I said since Tiger was at his peak just do the press conferences and, and don't and just leave it at that golf. don't even bother showing the golf yeah. alright Ireland internationals Jack Byrne and Jamie Finn are on the line evening Jamie evening Jack can you hear us how are you doing yeah I can hear you not too yeah, bad. Uh, the with us as part of the launch of Aviva Ireland's Lace Up with Pride campaign. The campaign will give people the chance to buy rainbow laces for four euro online at aviva.ie forward slash pride with all profits going to LGBTQ plus charities belong to Aviva Ireland calling on everyone across the Irish sporting community to lace up with pride to show solidarity with the LGBTQ community, inviting young and old alike to embrace their true selves wearing their rainbow laces with pride and Aviva Ireland is going to make a 10 euro donation to belong to for every new policy taken out in June uh, Jack I'm sure this is something you were more than happy to get behind yeah no 100% I was delighted to get involved um, you know obviously playing in, in, in different countries and being around um, you know numerous football clubs and, and you know come across obviously a lot of players and I think it's it's really important that players feel comfortable um, to be able to express themselves and, and that's what this campaign is all about Obviously, it's been to the forefront of people's minds lately after Jake Daniels became the first active player to come out. Is it something the players would ever discuss around a training ground, around a dressing room, how how you would react to make sure that a dressing room would be ready to react in the right way? I think um, the PFA and the PFAOI have, have already reached out to clubs and, and players and our representatives at our clubs. Um, you know, I think players would like to think that they're they're um they're able to come out if they if they want it or they can they can talk about whatever they 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 feel they need to talk about to the group of players um you know I think it's it, it's very important that you know we show support um if anybody does and I think the response the the response that Jake has got over the last um couple of weeks has been brilliant. Uh, Jamie, I think it's fair to say that the women's game could teach the men's game a thing or two when it comes to acceptance of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, definitely. I think in the women's game, it's um, maybe a bit more common. And yeah, I think like listening teammates and, and coaches and, and staff um, are are nothing but, but great with it and um, accepting. And it, it's a nice environment to be in um, and stuff like that. Uh, you've had a tough old season of it at a club level and sort of strange time in the international game there's a long long break Jamie between the end of the domestic season before this international fixture takes place but uh, there'll be no excuses going to Georgia you've got about two weeks together I think before the match even starts yeah uh, most of us finished up in maybe like the middle of May and stuff um, depending on the leagues but yeah no excuses going into it I think um, a lot of us have well all of us have kept kept going and with the, the help from the coaching staff and Vera she's given us a lot of guidance and stuff like that coming into this this camp and we have a good few days together uh, to get training and, and to go over and get the three points it's a it's a brilliant thing as well Jamie to see the proper resources being put into this because I think it's maybe 13 14 days out of Ireland a training camp in Turkey there's going to be a friendly against the Philippines you know we've come a long way in a very short time ensuring that the players are getting the proper preparation yeah absolutely it's it's only gotten better and better as you said we're going out there for for a few days and, and training and and getting the facilities uh, that we can and obviously playing that game against the Philippines as well um it's what we need uh, going into such a big game against Georgia I mean, we're qualifying, hopefully qualifying for the World Cup. So, yeah, it's all it's all good so far and hopefully we can go out there and put on a performance. 
What did you make of last night, Jack? Were you sitting in the stadium or at home just thinking, God, what I could have done out in that midfield? Ah, look, I, I feel as if, you know, I can I can affect games at, at, at most levels of play and it's it's not really up to me to, to say that, of course. I was, you know, as a fan, first and foremost, I was looking at the game and, and, and just disappointed in the result and, and disappointed in the, the other day's result. We obviously want to, you know, try and win the group and, Look, from being around the squad and being around the management team, I know they'd be hurting and, you know, they'd be wanting to put it right and they've got a great opportunity on Saturday now to, to, to bounce back from it. How difficult is it, Jack, in at international football to to play the sort of game you want to play? Because it did feel last night that, you know, Ukraine in midfield had those sort of technical players that when they got the ball, they made it stick. They played the simple pass at the right time. They took the risk at the right time, whereas there were far more wide open spaces from an Irish point of view. Like You can do it at League of Ireland level. We know that. When you've gone and you've had the opportunities at international level, how big a step up do you find in yeah. terms of trying to impact it in the same way? Yeah, look, I feel as well. I can only speak for myself from from my performances when I've when I've when I've stepped in. I think I've done okay. You know, I think I've I've um I've tried to play my own way and I've, and and tried to affect the games the best way I can. I'm a, you know, I'm a small technical player and that's you know my game and and I can't really do anything else. I only to you know try and get the best out of my game and that's you know making a difference in the final tour to keeping hold of possession. Um, and when you see the likes of Ukraine playing last night, they looked really comfortable in possession and you now they looked um they look like a really, really good side. Probably they look like a side probably that, you know, we'll probably come up against in Europe this year. Um, you know, technically good. They could all handle the ball, they all they all knew their roles and you know, um now it, look, it, it was a difficult game for Ireland last night and Ukraine played well and, you know, there wasn't much in the game but, you know, I think I think they probably they probably done well in possession. Yeah, Jack, like you, you were listening to Johnny Giles was on earlier and he was saying like he felt this was maybe the weakest group of Irish players that had been in a while. Um, but you're obviously a member of that group. Like you've been in that group in the last, what, sort of 18 months, two years. Like what's your assessment of the level of talent that's there? Like do you feel that it's it's ready to break out but they just haven't necessarily been able to to show what they can do yet as a group? Yeah, I think. Look, I, I think the last couple of games were really good. Um, you know, obviously the Portugal game, the Belgium game, there's real positivity coming into this camp. It's um, it's difficult to come in and after after not playing for a couple of weeks and and get going. And our lives might have been away on holidays, and you know we've obviously got four games in a short space of time. But you know, Stevens worked with a lot of the players from from the under twenty ones, and he now the talent in the group, and he's trying to you know implement the style and and try and bring some players through at the moment. Um, and you know, hopefully, we can just start getting the results now to to you know give the country a, a, a boost and you know give the players in there a boost when, when when they see the results coming in. I'm sure they'll 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 grow in stature and they'll grow in the jerseys that you know they've obviously been given by the by the manager. Can you talk about the coming back after not playing for a long period of time and just how difficult that is? Because you know Shane Duffy, Jeff Hendrick, probably two players, an example of that where they haven't had as much first team football as they'd want over the last three four months. To have that bit from being ninety five percent to being a hundred percent as a player, how, yeah. how difficult is it? And how much do you feel it when you're missing that last little piece? Ah, uh, look, it's it, it's obviously massive. It's there's nothing like playing games, and I'm sure the players would would have liked to have maybe more of a base than 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 what they have underneath them at the moment. But you know, it's, it's not for it's not for a lack of trying, and it's not for a lack of effort. No, I think the boys are, are leaving 100 percent out there on the grass, and and 
you know, there's just nothing like you can't, you know, replicate match match fitness and uh, and games. You know, it's it's just you can do all the training you want, but there's nothing like being out there. And especially on the national level, there's no there's no showing away. And you know, when you come up against, I know people say it's Ukraine's maybe second string side, but they still have unbelievable talent on the pitch the other day. And you know, they 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 played really well, and it was difficult for Ireland and. Now, especially if you if you haven't been playing regularly, it's 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 quite tough to go in there. And I'm only speaking for myself, knowing how hard it was, you know, to get going again after being out for a while. You know, I should, probably should have been out for two months. I ended up being out for probably about seven months because I was stuck in between transfer windows. And you know, I, I know how difficult it has been for myself to try and get going and try and get back to my level. So, you know, I'm sure the the, the rest of the lads are, are probably feeling that. Although it's not as long as a break, it's it's still a break and it disrupts you. Yeah, momentum really, you know. Jamie, I'm sure you've seen the way that we talk about the men's national team when results aren't going well and you know how, how vicious in many ways the criticism can become quite quickly in the space of four days if results don't go well. The, the way we talk about the women's team has changed quite dramatically over the last couple of years with a, a new level of expectation, I think, and an understanding of the levels the players are at. Like when you think back to the Slovakia game, it felt like that was the first time that there was a, a proper level of analysis and criticism of a performance. And how, how did that sit with you when suddenly you don't win a game that everyone thinks you should win? Yeah, I think it, it's a compliment in ways um, because we are improving, we are consistently playing well and I think maybe when we don't go out and, and give that performance um, we are criticised and I think you only get you only get better from criticism and I think me personally as well, I would um, obviously would like that from managers where I can become better or on the pitch and what can I do better so yeah, I think it'll only make us collectively better as a team The draw against Sweden was was huge and has put Ireland in such a great position and the expectation would be considering it was what 11-0 at home uh, that Ireland would beat Georgia it's going to be a huge September then it goes probably into a very convoluted playoff system that you could play two games you could end up in Australia next February playing another round of playoff games confidence wise in terms of how you see the next six months playing out like do you think this is a team that's primed for a first ever qualification yeah I think our players staff included have that goal in mind to get to a World Cup I mean that's a dream of mine since I was since I was young to play at a World Cup and I think this group of players can really really do it and, and get there but I think we don't need to, to look too far mm. um, obviously George is coming up we need to just concentrate on that and not, and not look any further than that um, because I think you can get kind of outrun, outrun yourself and with thoughts and what ifs. Because it's a big, it's a big thing to to qualify for a major tournament and um, and yeah. So I think we're just going to take a game by game. Georgia coming up um, next, and yeah, hopefully get the three points. Um, Jack, I think next Tuesday I think is the Champions League draw. If I'm right, um, it's sort of. I'm sure when you came home, this was the time of year you were probably looking forward to the most in a way. I know you had an injury before the break. Like, how are you physically, and how much you're looking forward to seeing where that could possibly bring you now? Because it, it could be a huge summer. Ah, look, I think it's it's one of the reasons why I came back. It's one of the reasons why the club probably wanted to bring me back, and um, you know, I had a slight. Um, calf strain just before the break um, probably came at a good time um, where we had no games and I could, I could kind of you know take it easy and just make sure I get ready for the for the next couple of games coming up because we have some big games in the league Dundalk and Bowes um, so look it's um, it's a it's a massive time of year there's no getting away from it the club have been building towards doing well in Europe for the last couple of years and we think we've built a squad now that's you know capable of 
of um, competing in Europe and look we certainly have a management team and um, and a club now at the moment I think that's that's capable of, of competing in Europe from just leaving a, a club obviously in Cyprus and you know a club that prides themselves on doing well in Europe I feel as if you know we're 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 on the right path definitely to to um, to qualify on a on a regular basis hopefully if we can if we can keep the squad together yeah, a couple of huge games coming up, as you say, at Dundalk and Bowles when the league resumes next week. Can I just ask you one thing before we finish up and hooking back to the Ireland situation again? Like a lot of the messages coming in last night, it's, it's such a bizarre state, Irish football, that it was, ah, uh, all these Kenny sympathisers. You said the League of Ireland could do this. Oh, uh, you know, clearly was never good enough, needed to be a big name. It's such a strange thing, I'm sure, for people involved in it that, like, you, you say you love Ireland at one stage but at some time you feel you should still run down the League of Ireland I, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are because I'm sure you see a huge amount of of that conflict yeah look I, I think you know for, like from every, from everybody in Ireland and, and, and everybody involved in the League of Ireland everybody wants Stephen to do well and everyone believes Stephen can do well he's, he's, he's done well in European level he's done well in League of Ireland level here and um, in you know a lot of the games he's he's shown a real style of football and a real willingness to you know take the country forward so you know we can only speak from you know talking to people around the league and, and um, talking to people who, who probably know football better than I do that <clears throat> and the players involved in the squad that you know they obviously have a lot of trust in, in Stephen um, but look we all know that it's a results business and um, you know, people will, will will probably talk a little bit more after results than you know if we had a won the games or you know if you obviously get beaten, people are gonna are, are gonna want to have an opinion and rightly so. Fans pay that the money to go and watch games. Journalists have to you know speak about stuff, but from just talking to the lads in there and and, and, and speaking to people around the league, everybody wants you know Stephen to do well, and everyone's you know in the squad is really enjoying working on them. And, Hopefully we can um, we can get a good result on on Saturday because I think it's it'd be the boost that the, not only the manager needs but the the squad needs as well. You know, Jack, Jamie, best of luck over the next few weeks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you.